Welcome back to Figuring It Out with Mayra and Ketch. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, our dear friend Lulu. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm a food and fertility educator. I have about 25 years of working with food for help and um, also using an ancient fertility cycle that hardly anyone's ever heard of. Just so I'm clear, so the fertility is to help women who can't, are having trouble conceiving or just to kind of get like your, or just to know your cycle? Well, actually, it's so interesting because, uh, first of all, I just need to do, say a disclaimer. Okay. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a health professional. I'm just someone who's very passionate about the most information wins. Right. And um, if I can, you know, just say all of this information, you want to, if you're having a hard time conceiving or whatever, you want to go see a medical professional, fertility specialist. So just to get that out of the way. Um, but I, I'd love to share with you how I came into this understanding. Yeah, please, please do. do. Um, in about 2002, I was in my living room meditating and my guides, as I was coming out of my meditation, my guide said, go to the bookshelf, uh, and look at the last chapter in the big red book. Well, that was pretty specific. Right. And I don't normally get that kind of specific guidance. So... The Big Red Book is a really uh, fun book. It was Linda Goodman's Love Signs. Now, if I can uh, backtrack a little bit on this. When I was 19 years old, I was working at a deli. And I was in the back and I was washing dishes. And this voice just screamed at me, you're moving to an island. And it was so loud inside of me that I looked around to see if there was somebody in the kitchen with me. And there wasn't. And within a week, as fate would have it, I ended up selling my car, quitting college, quitting my full-time job, quitting a, a, well, I had just finished up a self-awareness program that was a six-month-long program, and I bought a one-way ticket to Honolulu. And I didn't know anybody there. I'd never, you know, it was like I stayed with a friend of a friend's cousin's sister or something like that. (laughs) I ended up getting a job on cruise ships, and I was the youngest purser in the history of the Merchant Marines. And I was 19 years old and I sailed around the South Pacific. But here's the deal, this is why I have this red book on my bookshelf, is because I worked with 500 guys and 30 women. That was the crew. And uh, I was a hopeless romantic and I would meet a guy and I would I found out if I, I used Linda Goodman's Love Signs book, which is an astrology book, about how well the different signs get com- are compatible. Mm. And so I would kind of, you know, secretly ask the guy, so, <laughs> trying, real sly, you know. <laughs> what time were you born? Exactly. And where? No, <laughs> no it wasn't that bad. It was more like, you know, are you cancer? Are you, when's your birthday? You know, kind of thing. And then I'd rush home or back to my cabin and I'd look up, I'd look up, our compatibility, you mm-hmm. know, like, and I think, oh yeah, I'm not going to fight with this person for the rest of my life. Yeah. And so I'd be like, okay, next single file, no pushing or shoving. <laughs> and <laughs> so this book on my bookshelf was 20 years old at this point, at least 20 years old. And it was dog-eared and stained and a very well-loved book. So I go to the back of the, the last chapter in the book, and it was this whole chapter on this ancient fertility cycle 
and I'd never read the back chapter. Why would I bother with that? You know, um, (laughs) but it was crazy because it was saying that women and actually what we came, I came to find out later, men are most fertile under the same phase of the moon they're born under. It has absolutely nothing to do with your period or your menstrual cycle at all. Like, even if you weren't bleeding, like you had anorexia or something, we don't want to condone that. But, you know, as far as if you had an irregular cycle or whatever, you wouldn't even use your menstrual cycle to get pregnant on this cycle. Mm -hmm. So I thought this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You know, I mean, when I was working on the cruise ships, birth control was a huge topic. And it was, I was at the beginning of the, kind of in the experimental stages of the pill. Mm. the estrogen levels were still really high so you know the 30 women that were on this ship we talked about birth control a lot and we had never heard of this so I thought Mm. this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard it's like saying you can get pregnant kissing someone right you know (laughs) a lot of people think that it is is the gateway drug though (laughs) or getting pregnant from the toilet (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) yeah that's funny so um So I kind of studied this for about a year and a half. I researched all that I could find about this cycle. And basically it was, do you want a little history on it? Yeah, please, yes. So in 1956 in um, Budapest, they legalized abortion. And there was a psychologist in Czechoslovakia right next door who knew that the rhythm method, the Catholic, you know, rhythm method wasn't working. And he was afraid that his mostly Catholic patients were going to think that abortion was okay and that they were going to be traumatized by it. And he was what they called a cosmobiologist. Um, and that was in Russia or in the Czech, Czech Republic and, you know, the Soviet Union at the time. They studied the cosmos and how did the cosmos affect us? Well, he had remembered in his studies reading an ancient text from Babylon, uh, Bab- yeah, Babylon, Samaria, either way, um, that said women are most fertile under a certain phase of the moon, but it didn't say which one. Mm. So he set out to figure out what is the premise behind this. And he drew up astrological charts for the women, for their kids. He, he drew up thousands and thousands of charts and he was trying to get what's the common denominator here. What's, what's the thing that, where's, what's the phase of the moon that's making women conceive or that they're most fertile under? Well, he finally got it after a couple of years of studying. What he did was he took child's birth chart, went back 40 weeks, which is the exact length of time in uh, the fetuses in the womb. Okay. He went back exactly 40 weeks. And what he found out was that a large percentage of these kids were born under the same phase of the moon, were conceived under the same phase of the moon that the mother was born under. And how you find out what phase of the moon you're born under. It's not like your moon, oh, my moon is in Cancer, my moon is in Sagittarius. That's not it. That's not the phase of the moon. You have to develop the sun-moon angle will tell you what phase of the moon you're born under. Um, But also, I can give you a little hint where you can go. You can go to moonconnection.com. And on the left-hand side, there's a moon, an interactive moon phases calendar. And you can click on that, and you can type in your birthday and you can find out what phase of the moon you're born under. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he started doing clinical studies. 
And what he found and his team found after years, 16 years of clinical studies in Czechoslovakia, he found out that women had a 70 to 85% chance of getting pregnant under the same phase of the moon they were born under compared to a 15 to 30% chance of women getting pregnant on their menstrual cycle. So like, let's say, so I have three kiddos. So let's say if I were to look at their, were their, were their moon, like when they were conceived, does it typically align with when I, like where the phase where the moon was when I was conceived? When you were it, born. It has, yeah, it has conceived. the potential. Okay. So you can get pregnant on both cycles. Um, the thing about it is what you would do and see when they're giving you those, those dates that say, oh, your baby was conceived on this day. They're only using your menstrual cycle as the, mm-hmm. your ovulate, right. mid-cycle ovulation as the date. They're not considering that, oh, your kid might've been conceived on a full moon prior to that. So if you take your kid's birthday and go back exactly 40 weeks, exactly 40 weeks on each one, it would be interesting to see where the phase of the moon was that those days. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And then if that matches your phase of the moon. And then compare. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what he did. And he did many, many clinical studies. And he he worked with thousands, like 30,000 people. And it was a kind of, it was very common knowledge in Czechoslovakia in the, like by the sixties, seventies, um, it was Dr. Eugene Jonas. He was nominated for two Nobel prizes in medicine. Um, but people were still poo-pooing it. They were like, how, how can this be? So anyways, that was kind of part of my research and I'm thinking, okay, so this really is something, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to test this out. I'm going to see if I can make this wrong. Because I think this is kind of ridiculous. And why haven't we all heard about this? You know? Right. So I lived in a really tiny, small town. And we all got together every morning. You know, there's probably 30 of us in the coffee shop. And we were, you know, so I walked in one day. And I'm like, okay, who wants to get pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> and all the guys are like, ah, uh, yeah, we're, you know, they walked outside. <laughs> but my one friend said, oh, I do, I do. So I sat down and I had figured out how to compute manually the phase of the moon um, that a person was born on using math. Um, and I actually patented a little wheel that, you know, you can That's manually awesome. figure it out. So I had my little fertility wheel there and I had my farmer's almanac, which told me phases of the moon. And I sat down and I figured out her her when she was most fertile or what phase of the moon she was born under and then I looked it up and I said oh my gosh if you go home right now (laughs) and have sex because this is your day this is like 12 hours before your day that's your that's before your peak um you're gonna you you have a really high chance of conceiving you have a 70 to 85 percent chance of conceiving and the other thing that this guy discovered in his studies was that if you conceive when the moon the moon changes course every two and a half days okay it Mm -hmm. changes signs every two and a half days not course but changes signs and if you conceive in a a fire or an air sign you're going to have a boy if you if you conceive in an earth or a water sign you're going to have a girl so according to the almanac, it tells you what the moon is in that on that day. And I said, and if you go home right now and have sex for me, I said, <laughs> you'll have a little boy. She did, and he just turned 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
That's so cool. And my, my favorite story with this is, um, as I was, you know, just checking it out was my sister had wanted to have a baby really bad. She'd had one little girl and then she had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to have an only child. She was kind of, uh, she was just not the healthiest person, you know, and I, and I kept saying, Lord, you know, if you, if you do this, just, you know, just try it, you know, and I call her like three or four, six months later and I'd say, hey, did you try it? Did you try it? And she's like, well, I'm really busy, you know, and then like I call her again in a few months and she goes, well, I bought this little, um, fertility statue. I have it by the bed. And I said, so how's that working for you? <laughs> she goes, well, I'm not pregnant yet. I'm like, yeah. Okay, so I, I'm like starting to lose it, you know, and I, but I know her fertility better than I know my fertility. And so I called her because I knew she was going to the, like the beach house on the weekend. Mm. And I said, Laura, here's the deal. I'm going to pay you a hundred dollars if you have sex for me this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and she just laughed and she goes, I go, will you please? You know, you say you want to get pregnant. Will you please, please have sex for me? And she goes, yes, I will. And I said, okay. She got pregnant. She got pregnant. That's so cool. Because I do have a lot of, well, a few friends that um, just can't conceive. They, they're they trying, but they just can't. Well, it's interesting because I tried for like a good year before I got pregnant with my daughter. And like a good year, too, with my son. So I'm not like the most fertile Myrtle on the block compared to like my sister, or my mom, you know, who you just look at them and they get knocked <laughs> up. You know what I mean? So I'm curious to see if when they were, when I was conceived and when my kids were conceived, if the phase of the moon were in the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm going to definitely look into that. And you also mentioned something about men as well that you learned recently. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one study that shows that um, men's sperm counts go up. 10 times during their phase of the moon that they were born under. Now here's how this cycle works. So you, let's say I was born on a new moon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Three days. And let's just say it was an exact, you can, it, there's all kinds of, you know, but three days prior to that new moon, your fertility is going to increase and it's going to increase, increase. And your optimal time to, if you're wanting to conceive is, is like 12 hours before your peak. Because that's assuming sperm can actually live like up to three days. But if mm -hmm. we want healthy sperm, we want vibrant sperm. And so um, you want to have sex like three or 12 hours right before your peak. And then your peak, once you're, you hit your peak, that's a two-hour window, it drops off considerably. Like it goes almost to the negative point of getting pregnant. Okay. And so um, that's where we can talk a little bit about the food. So I am really into food as medicine. So the, you know, Hippocrates was, is the father of medicine. And he said, you know, medicine is food and food is medicine. And so I think food, herbs, spices, that's, that's our real medicine. And we just have to learn how to use it again. Um, there's a thing called bioidentical foods, which is really fun. If you were to cut a carrot and you look at the carrot, it looks like an eye. Right. Mm -hmm. If you cut it in a circle, um, the walnut is like for the brain, which we all know walnut mm -hmm. oil is really good brain food. Well, um, if you take a pepper, you slice it down the center. It looks like the, the lungs and hot peppers clean out the lungs. Um, and if you look at an avocado, it looks like a womb, right? 
Um, it's interesting, yeah. I never yeah. thought of it like that. Yeah, and for men, if you look at figs, <laughs> <laughs> filled with little seeds. Right. <laughs> so you know, I just as a fun thing when I'm working with couples, I'll say, you know, you want to uptake your avocado and you want to start doing some fig newtons you know um because what's happened over the you know last 50 years or actually more than 50 years is that in the 1950s after world war ii they started introducing all of these petrochemicals petroleum based chemicals into our society that we didn't have before you know the farmers were they canned peaches and they canned tomatoes and all that stuff but we didn't really have the processed food that we have now mm, well right. these they introduced you know, like 250,000 chemicals in the last 50 years, and they don't test these chemicals. Like, we're the human experiment here. And um, just an example, I had a friend who was a neighbor of mine, and she was the lead endocrinologist for the World Wildlife Foundation. And her name was Theo Colbrin. She's very famous. Um, <clears throat> she started studying why the eagles were becoming extinct in the 70s. And what they found out was that their endocrine systems, which is your hormones, your thymus, your your thyroid, those glands were being, they were causing, these chemicals were causing um, endocrine, what they're called disruptors. So it was messing with that whole hormonal endocrine system. And they found that the eagles were, like the female eagles were going with the female eagles and the male eagles were going with the male eagles. Mm -hmm. And they traced this disruptor back to DDT, which was a really intense chemical that they used for mosquitoes. They would do, they'd have trucks go down the streets. I have a lot of friends that used to run behind the trucks and while they're spraying the DDT, you know, for the mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. Really, really, really toxic form of pesticide. So they banned, California started first and they banned the, the use of DDT. Um, but still, there's a lot of these petrochemicals that are disrupting our hormones. Plastic is a petroleum product. Polyester is a petroleum product. You know, and every, she said, she would hold town hall meetings because we were being sprayed with mosquito control, not DDT, but Melathion every week, two, somebody two or t three times a week. And we'd have to run into our houses, get our animals in. And it was just it was an, they were overdosing our little tiny town with mm. these chemicals and so she would ha hold town hall meetings and explain stuff to us and one of, one of the town hall meetings she said it was like around 2000 2000 and maybe 4 she said um since the 1950s to now she said the male sperm count has gone down over 50% and she said, if this trend continues, which, you know, she was talking about this 20 years ago, if this trend continues, um, we're in trouble. We're headed for, like, what the Eagles. Okay, so I don't know if you guys ever watched the movie Aaron Brockovich, but it was about a lawyer who who helped clean up, you know, who helped identify that they, this company was putting toxic chemicals into the water in California, and it was the largest lawsuit ever. She helped won, win it. Well, she's now on board with this whole thing with the chemicals causing low sperm counts. Because what we're finding is that the sperm counts may be, at this point, dropping as, as far as 60 or 70%. And this is due to, like, the 
the processed foods, the toxins, all of that. It's the it's the petrochemicals mostly. So it's it's the byproducts of the gas industry, and what they use because it's a really comes out of really pure form of, of carbon and things. They're making pharmaceutical drugs out of it. You know any propylene glycol that you have, they put it in food, they put it in your lotions, they put it in your hair products. Um, any plastics like. Theo would said, you know, all plastic leech leeches, even the good plastics. So these plastics, every single baby that's born right now is born with plastic in their system. And the mother's breath, breast milk has plastic. And the thing about it is that our livers don't know what to do with plastic. Um, well, they weren't made to right to digest or right. like to process those types of right. chemicals or exactly, exactly. So what we need to do is. We need to really take a look at what we're eating and what we're putting into our world and if we want to continue as a species, really. Um, it's kind of a heavy topic, um, but I think this fertility information is helping people. Um, well, it is a heavy topic, but it's a reality. Right. You know what I mean? And it's a reality, and I think it's such a heavy topic because people want to, like, put it on the back burner or, you know what I mean, hide it and put it away so they don't have to look at it, think about it, or address it. You know what right. I mean? And I think that's the problem with these type of topics is that people are almost scared, you know, because they don't, I mean, fear of the unknown, right? Well, ignorance is bliss, but ignorance is also curable. So I'm not asking questions because I'm so, like, it's so <laughs> fascinating to me. But I keep thinking my sister, uh, my our younger sister is going to want to start having her She's going to start trying. So I think it would be neat to apply everything that we're learning here and then get her pregnant as We're going to be possible. like, okay, you have to have sex on Saturday at 6 p.m. <laughs> we'll pay you $100. We are. want a boy. <laughs> right. And right. That's, we should do it. Well, that's why I'm, I keep thinking. So I'm just, I'm. Have her have a boy. Right. So Later. here's, here's the deal. Okay. I, I worked with women for a long time. Um, and it's, it's almost above my pay grade, quite frankly, because there's a lot of issues, you know, some, some women have a lot of fear and a lot of blocks about, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be a good mom or whatever. Um, but there's a, I met a woman and she lives in Slovakia and she came up with a, a phone app that has both your, I call it lunar fertility, which is, you know, the phase of the moon you're born under cycle in it and your mid cycle in it. Once you punch in the numbers. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when these two, these two cycles cross, I mean, a lot of people just get pregnant on the lunar fertility cycle. Some women get pregnant on just the, um, mid cycle of the ovulation, you know, of your period, that cycle. But if you're really having a hard time two about two times a year average, these cycles intercept and you have a 98% chance of getting pregnant during that time. So when I have women that come to me and they've had, they've been trying for four or five years or they've had multiple miscarriages. I mean, I, I actually have a really great story. I was working in a health food store and in an aisle over, I hear this woman bawling, mm -hmm. just bawling. And she's throwing stuff into the cart, like just throwing mm -hmm. like things into the cart. And I go over to her and I'm like, are you okay? Can I get you some water? I mean, do you need anything? And she's like, I need a pill to help me get pregnant. And, and she goes, I just had my fourth miscarriage and my doctors are telling me that I'm not able to conceive. 
So I get her some tissue, we get her some water, and I say, why don't you call me tomorrow and we'll figure out your chart, we'll figure out, you know, what phase mm -hmm. of the moon you're most fertile under and all that stuff. And so I give her her information, let it go, like you do with people. I mean, it's kind of weird, the universe, like, I worked at health food stores and people will just like go from the front door right to me. I need a pill to get pregnant. And I'm like, okay. And now I work in a crystal shop. I need a stone to get pregnant. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're going to kind of go beyond that. Okay. Um, so anyways, this girl, she texts me like six months later and she's like, I just want you to know that I'm pregnant. And it turns out she was, had a PhD in biology. Wow. So she was very skeptical, science skeptical. She'd been really diligent on charting her ovulation for the last four years, but she just, she had no problem getting pregnant on this, this lunar phase cycle. So if we want to go back to the, like the science of this, there was a guy who was, uh, he worked at the university of doctor, professor worked at the university of Saskatchewan in Canada. And with our new scientific methods, he hooked up 50 women to high-definition ultrasound for 30, 30 days. He had them all come in. They all were had healthy period cycles. Nobody was, like, erratic or irregular or anything like that. They all had very healthy cycles. Well, he found out with these, these 50 women that he hooked up every day that over half of them had the potential to ovulate up to three times a month. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, and then he said there was 16 of them that showed, they had the potential to ovulate um, up to five times a month. So there's obviously, so what he came to the conclusion is that we're really like rabbits and cats. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, my mom is proof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he, I, I wrote him and asked him if he would use the lunar phase fertility method He'd never responded to me though to see how how much because it makes sense to me because if the if we're seventy to eighty percent water, mm. that moon is gonna affect us, you know. And if that's the moon that pulled you from the womb, that that you have a special connection to that electromagnetic of that moon phase, and is that what's causing the eggs to drop? You know. That's interesting. I never saw like that because I'm starting to learn like my own moon cycles and every time that I have my, um, my period, it's so interesting on what phase the moon is in or I'm just, yeah. yeah. So it's the moon honestly affects everything. Right. Everything. I mean, a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. a, yeah so it's interesting. We're water and we're and that's where the cosmobiologist thing, you know, he's saying, you know, all these planets, they come in. It's like if you have three people in a room and another person walks in, the energy changes. Yeah. So you have, you know, the moon, the sun, the earth, and then you enter, you know, Venus enters into the picture and the energy changes. And so that's the whole kind of concept behind astrology, too, is that they've been, the Mayans watched these, you know, planets come and go for years and years and they started noticing patterns. Hmm. So. so this is a totally like out there question, but for someone that has had their fallopian tubes tied, is there a natural <laughs> way to undo it or for them to get pregnant? You know, I don't know that one. Yeah. I mean, maybe like a tiny little egg slips out through a stitch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just asking, cause I remember that, um, I don't know if I can, 
um, where you just mentioned one time that you saw like a fifth baby. I know I can't have any more babies, but I was kind of having like baby fever. <laughs> and I was like, can I get pregnant? But I started my period, so I didn't get pregnant. But I was low key well, really wanting a baby. And for the longest baby. time, like after her last baby, she'd call me or call my mom and be like, I'm pregnant. My mom would be like, Maida, your tubes are tied. <laughs> and, and same with me. Like they actually removed my tubes. And I'll go like two months without my period. You know, and so then I start to worry, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, like, am I pregnant?" And then I like we only feel, feel this way because our younger sister was conceived when my mom had her fallopian tubes. Oh wow! But so this she's... was over 27 years ago, mm. so I'm like, "Okay, well, maybe I'll have a miracle baby too." But no, my youngest is six, and I don't think I want a baby. But I think there's just a period of time that we just like fantasize, like, "Oh, baby." But I'm also just that maybe like healed through healing. I just want to feel needed. I just want a little baby. <laughs> but I don't want one anymore. That's how, that's how my focus is on my little sister. Well, and there's lots of little babies that need you that aren't yours. You know what I mean? Maybe. Mm, that was powerful. That was powerful. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> my sister's like, so can you babysit? Right. <laughs> needs a new sitter? No. So I really want to give your listeners this app that they can go and they yes, can download yes, this Please. on their phone. Um, it's Astro Secret app. So it's Astro, A-S-T-R-O, Secret, S-E-C-R-E-T, and it's app, A-P-P dot com. And on the right-hand corner of that website, you can download the app. And, and it's interesting because you can really only, I've only had success downloading the app from the website directly, not from the Google Store or anything. So just to let you know. To go to the website and then download yeah. the app from there. Yeah, and then you they'll ask you some questions. You can put in your information. And it's a free app. Um, I think everybody should have it. Because here's the deal, too. Not only does it help women get pregnant, it's also going to, if you have this awareness, like I said earlier, the most information wins. And if you're aware that you have this cycle that you didn't know you had, you can also alleviate any unplanned pregnancies. Unwanted, right. Yeah. And so... If you're on the pill, let's say, and you're in that last week, that placebo week where there's no hormones in that pill so that you start to bleed every month, if you're, you've got a new moon and you have sex on a new moon in that placebo week, you still you have a 70 to 85% chance of getting pregnant during that placebo week, and you don't even know that. You're thinking, oh, I'm on the pill, I'm safe, you know, 98% success rate, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that's, that's really one of my passionate things too, is to, if we could alleviate the trauma of people having abortions, that would be awesome. Right. You know? And I think it's just about, so my thing is I, that's why I call myself an educator because I really just want to educate people about this, about this cycle. And you can, you can, you don't have to believe me. You know, I didn't believe it. I thought it was crazy. You know, but now that I've worked with women, I've worked with women for over 16 years doing this and I know it works and I know it's powerful. I think that we, well, there's still a lot of non-believers, but I think we live in a day and age now that we have, I don't want to say no choice, but not to believe, but everything is changing. Mm -hmm. You know, we, like you said, we have to do something. So with the plastics, I went to King Supers yesterday and they were just talking about how they're going to remove like plastic trash bags. So any little baby stuff, and I know I'm kind of going, you know, but anything that we can do to change our diet or change anything to try to, you know, cause we, we started doing vegetarian burgers and stuff right. and 
just also, like you said, medicine is, or food is medicine. And I'm always constantly preaching to my sister, like, take your garlic pills, your turmeric, your, mm-hmm. you know, and then now knowing that, you know, there's other stuff that we can consume to help with our fertility, which I think is freaking awesome. Right. So I had a question. So you, you teach about food in fertility. So what types of foods do you incorporate to help with fertility? Well, it's really just about getting clean. You know, it's getting a clean diet. And I always just jokingly say, hey, you know, you've got the avocado womb, you know, food, and then you've got the figs and just based on the bioidentical foods. Um, but really, it's about cleaning up your diet. You get, When you start reading labels and you start seeing all the processed, you know, chemicals that are in your foods that you can't even pronounce, you know, these are these are things that are disrupting your endocrine system that are, you know, disrupting your hormones and your um, you're just your processes. So I, you know, it's taken me a long time, but I'm pretty much, I just eat vegetables and fruit. That's pretty much what I eat. I don't even eat grains or dairy. I mean, I, every once in a while I will, but I just, my system just doesn't, isn't liking those other foods anymore. And, um, so it's just kind of, for me, I just feel better. Like Deepak Chopra says, you know, if, if, you know, addict yourself to feeling good, um, and there's a there's a guy uh, out of Florida. He does the Miracle Detox Diet, and he's helped two people with severed spinal cords heal their spinal cords. I mean, that's like unheard of with foods with fruit, vegetables, and herbs. And like, wow, that was it for me, you know. When I've heard a lot of stories like cancer patients that they just want to stop treatment because they're just tired of. Um... Like the all toxins. of the, the, yeah, so then they do the diet and they, they heal. So would you consider yourself a vegan or a vegetarian or you just don't? I'm a flexitarian. I'm, I'm not really good at being really strict at anything. So if I'm out at somebody's house, I don't want to be rude and say, oh, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. I can't eat that. I might just bless the food and eat that chicken quesadilla, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I just don't buy meat for myself anymore. Um, I had an experience where I was up at Glacier National Park and I saw this elk that is as tall as your ceiling. It was the hugest elk I've ever seen. It was like majestic. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And, um, and I, so the next day I'm like, oh gosh, I feel like having an elk burger after seeing that elk. Well, I'm in my kitchen cooking up the elk burger and I get the presence of this huge giant. And he goes, you really going to cook that up? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, well, after you saw me in all my beauty and glory yesterday. I'm like, uh, okay, I better bless it. So I'm like saying low prayers over it. Thank you for giving your spirit and your nutrition. He he goes, that is not going to cut it. (laughs) He's like, thank me all you want lady, but no. And so then I said, well, Hey, okay. I'm hearing you. I said, but if you want me to not eat meat, you're going to have to help me because I am a carnivore, you know, and I Mm. was eating meat like twice a day. And from that moment on, I just stopped eating meat. Well, and it's funny because we're taught growing up that meat is, like, your biggest source of protein, that, like, you can't, you know what I mean? Like, you have to have meat to have, like, a good balanced diet. But on the contrary, I've talked to, like, many people, you know, that are vegetarians, and they actually feel better without eating meat. Yeah. When they eat meat, it actually makes them sick. Because I don't know how true this is, but isn't it true that our bodies aren't supposed to, like, originally, like, back in the day? You know, it's, that's controversial. I mean... I kind of believe that we are 
if we were at our highest vibration, we want to be fruitarians, fruit, eat fruit mostly. Because fruit is the cleanser and vegetables is the builder. So for a long time, I didn't eat fruit because of the high sugar content. I thought, oh my gosh, it's going to feed candida and all this stuff that I don't need to have in my system. And I read this miracle detox guy and he said, no, the, the fruit and sugar does not do that. And he said, you want to do like 50% of your diet as fruit if you can. So I start my diet now with a huge bowl of, or my morning, excuse me, with a huge bowl of fruit in the morning. And that's just taking out all the toxins. And I've noticed that as I started doing this, I naturally lost weight. I have more energy. Um, you know, they say, some people say, oh, your our teeth are only supposed to, we're only made for, to, you know, be uh, herbivores. Some say, no, they're, you know, we're, we have the teeth for the carnivores. And, and I don't want to argue with that because I don't know. Right. You know. I just know that for me, I feel better and lighter with more fruit and vegetables now. You know, the grains upset my stomach words okay here's another thing that Hippocrates said which is really cool you know here again he's the father of medicine right and he said ignorant is the healer who knows nothing of astrology for it plays a major role as a Virgo <laughs> my intestines are my most vulnerable area according to astrology mm -hmm. well it's true the grains they they're like they're, they eat up my intest they eat up my stomach. I mean, I can't really digest the grains very well. But it took me, you know, a long time to figure that out. Um, and I think Capricorns are knees or something. So you have your, like, weak, weak areas, astrologically speaking. Um, and so you might want to pay attention to those and, again, come back to the food as medicine. How can I strengthen, you know, how can I strengthen my bones? Well, celery is a great, it's got high silica in it. You look at celery, it's bioidentical to a bone, right? Looks like a bone on your leg or something. So I have to ask, is a Pisces the heart? I'm not sure. I, don't I have think a so, maybe. I'm going to have to, I'm going to Google like. Yeah, exactly. Stop you being a dumb bitch. Yeah. Eat, this. <laughs> <laughs> Eat this beat. No, yeah. that's super interesting that your body starts rejecting. So with me, for me, it started grossing me out, like the metallic taste. I can't do like red meat. Yeah. I eat chicken. I eat a lot of chicken. I love chicken, but. Well, and the thing myself. with chicken you want to be aware of is it has lots of hormones in it. Ah. And so you want to get clean chicken. That's the other thing is so they're, they're, you know, they're shooting these chemicals into our food products and it's affecting us. Well, know? that's what I was telling my sister. I think convenient, especially with mama, is like us having so many kids, convenience is right. easier. Right. So it's like, okay, this is convenient because eating healthy requires like a lot of intention I feel like right. at least that's where I'm at so like convenience but I'm I'm learning I'm doing baby steps but well it takes forever I mean then there's no pressure you know it, there's no pressure to do it overnight it's a lot you have to really re you know you have to rethink the way you do everything yeah, that's right. exactly and it. I think that's what's hard for me personally too is like you know, <clears throat> I'm 29, so for 29 years, you know what I mean, you're raised a certain way of eating, and so breaking that to something new, it's it's really hard, you know what I mean? It's it's almost, it can feel like it's impossible almost, because you're so used to, you don't know any other way, you know what I mean? So at that point, you have to be teachable, you have to be, you know, willing to, you know, to step outside your box, mm -hmm. and it's funny, because I've had a hard time, I've actually on season one, I talked about how I want to be a vegetarian 
because I really feel like me, it's just not like, I love it. It's good. Don't get me wrong. But I really feel like my body, like my body's literally telling me mm-hmm. that it needs to be like cleansed. Like I need to like cleanse it. I need to like get rid of all of the, you know what I mean? But it's easier said than done. Exactly. And the thing is right now we're getting pulsed. We're getting pummeled, pummeled with light frequencies from the sun and from the cosmos and what's going on. And so our vibration is raising and the, meat it takes like three days to digest one meal with meat but if you're not having the meat to digest you've got more energy you can raise your frequency you're lighter you're um and i've noticed that since mostly not eating meat and then when i do eat meat i'll feel like the next day like oh like sluggish yeah a little bit sluggish and also i'm just you know i'm becoming closer to nature and i'm like god you know i if i can't kill it and butcher it myself you know, I could never do that. I couldn't go out and butcher an animal, I, I, a deer or something. I can't eat it then. That's what I feel like. You know, if you can't do that, it would be, but we've been, we just go to the store, we take it take home, it out, and we, it, right. we don't, there's a total disconnect from the actual process of what's really going on with our food. Right. So I looked up real quick the, the zodiac signs and like your body weakness. So do you, do you mind if I go over them? No. Okay, so Aries is head, face, brain, and eyes. Taurus is throat, neck, vocal cords, tonsils, and thyroid. Gemini is arms, lungs, hands, and shoulders. Cancer is chest, breast, stomach, diaphragm. Leo is the heart, spine, spinal column, upper back. Virgo is abdomen, digestive system, intestines, and your spleen. Libra is kidneys, skin, lower back, buttocks. Scorpio is reproductive system, sexual organs, genitals, nose, blood, and bowels. Sagittarius is hips, thighs, liver, sciatica nerve. Capricorn is knee joints, a skeletal system, and teeth. Aquarius is calves, ankles, shins, circulatory system. Sorry, I can't read. (laughs) Pisces is feet, toes lymphatic system and that's it that's because we're mermaids we're not meant to have right. lymphatic system. <laughs> your tail well I just want to say that this is so interesting and the more you know I just I don't know I'm just knowledge is power I am yeah. so happy to have you on today you definitely enlightened us, yes, for sure. Yes, thank you. You shed light on topics that I wasn't even aware of, you I know? I love it. You so guys gonna... are great. Thank you thank for you. having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, on that note, guys, thank you again for listening with us on another episode of Figuring It Out with Maida and Catch. Catch.